0: Greetings, cyberspace, and welcome to episode 37 of the Double Density Podcast with your hosts, Barney Angelo. And Angelo, first things first, Happy New Year yet again. Yeah, Happy New Year because, uh, uh spoiler,
1: no, not spoiler, I guess, uh, retconning this. Last week's episode was recorded in early December. I don't know if anybody noticed. If anybody guessed that, please let us know. I think the only indicator that it was recorded early is one of the people we didn't thank in our thank yous was um, Graveyard Tales podcast. And uh, yeah, because we weren't friends with them really when we recorded that. like We hadn't really met
0: officially on the internets. So we're going to go ahead and fix that by putting in their uh, trailer right here. Good evening, everybody, or morning or afternoon or whatever my name is adam and i'm matt and we are graveyard tales now if you like stories of ghosts hauntings the paranormal preternatural and the downright weird and you enjoy a few laughs as well then you should probably check us out
1: find us anywhere you get your podcast come join our facebook group at graveyard tales podcast or
0: on twitter at grv just go search Graveyard Tales. That would be easier. We look forward to seeing you in the graveyard. See you soon. Great. So go give those guys a listen. So that way we made up. I feel like that makes it up for not mentioning them.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, other than the fact that we really weren't like, didn't really know them. So, but yeah, I wanted to rectify that as soon as possible. Uh,
0: Hopefully, uh, we didn't get unfriended from, by them, but I doubt it because they're good guys. And now we are here. It's the first uh, podcast that we're recording in 2018 proper. How are you feeling about that? I'm pretty excited, although, like, there's lots of illness going around. Like, I know so many people that have horrible flus and colds and sore throats, and I, I think I count you among them. Yes, I'm uh, slowly but surely getting through something. Also, a uh, two note, it's something that uh, we don't really uh, mention a lot of, or we do sometimes, but it is dang cold out here in Montreal and in the surrounding areas this time of year. It has been so cold that,
1: um, so just, just to get an idea, it's been minus 30 with the wind chill. Minus 30, sometimes 33, 34. Uh, many of our American listeners obviously all use Fahrenheit. That's pretty much also minus 30 at that point. So it's
0: that cold. And it's uh, it's been colder than the North Pole, it's been colder than Siberia, and it's been a sustained, uh, I'd say, eight or ten day assault on my body. Uh, it was so cold that uh, on New Year's Day when I had
1: guests over, I went to open our front door and the door handle came off in my hands because it had somehow like shrunk the screws and I had to like rescrew the door handle when it's minus 30 outside. Not fun. Luckily,
0: it was the inside handle, but it still was not a pleasant experience. So you're blaming that on the weather and not your new intake of creatine? Is that what I'm understanding? <laughs> yeah. I don't even know my own strength. New Year's resolution. <laughs> Get some good gains. Angela gets sold in 2018, much to the uh, fear, detriment, and surprise of your friends and family. But seriously, like, we're a tech podcast, and tech does not do well in this cold,
1: especially any batteries on any phones. Your phone will stop working really fast, no matter how good it is.
0: My significant other just came in um, late last week, early this week, and her battery had zapped itself pretty much in a two-and-a-half-hour span. And then she goes, is this normal? And I paused, and I said... Yes, and I pictured you in in my mind like nodding very slowly. (laughs) Yeah, well, I've been getting
1: a lot of questions about batteries lately, which we'll get to later on in this episode, but uh, suffice to say, cold temperatures and lithium-ion batteries do not mix well because uh, the electrons literally stop moving in the battery when it gets this cold, so it can't really do its job properly. I also noticed in my car certain lights weren't working inside on the dashboard, like I couldn't tell which... Uh, vents I had on because the light stopped working until it like, properly warmed up and then it came back on. But uh, yeah, stuff really doesn't work well. Electronics don't work
0: well in this temperature. The whole house just creaks and cracks. It's bonkers. You know what? Let's jump into this whole battery thing because I know it's something that you are aggravated by. So uh, the elephant in the room for our podcast uh, of this week, I guess, is um, Apple, iPhone, battery problems. So this goes back a few weeks now, uh,
1: but like I said, this is our first record since this started, because I believe the last recording date was December 19th or something, was uh, episode 35. Yeah, Apple did not message this whole thing properly. Back in last year with um, iOS update 10.2.1, they had to implement something because there was this weird issue where iPhones were just spontaneously shutting down. I experiment. I experienced it in uh, on Halloween of 2016. I was uh, filming my kids going around the neighborhood, and um, yeah, the phone just decided to turn itself off uh, with a good fifty percent battery power. And it was because it was. Do you cool.
0: think? Do you uh, well one? But do you think maybe it was your creatine intake crushing the phone's battery? No, I wasn't
1: using creatine yet. Okay.
0: Okay. So that was, that was a 2017. Actually, for the record, not using creatine at all right <laughs> now,
1: but. Uh, uh, yeah so and that was before that fix was put in and um, the thing is is with my specific model of iphone 6s i've mentioned this before there was a repair program out because there were actual faulty batteries it never really affected me because of the way i charged my phone uh, and i'll get to that as well for this problem but yeah iphone 6 and up so including uh, brian's iphone sc were all like given this uh, bit of code inside them to kind of throttle the battery when it gets below a certain threshold. Meaning that if you're doing some really intensive stuff, your phone will feel slower than it normally would. I've never actually experienced this when I had a 6S, which did have this
0: on it, uh, the 10.2.1 update. Have you experienced it at all, Brian? I don't really run that many apps concurrently, so no, not really. There's nothing in there that sort of... um. Uh, runs really hot i guess would be the best way of putting it so no i haven't experienced it myself but i'm also like a pretty conservative uh phone user when it comes to apps
1: yeah i'm the same way as well so maybe we're not good uh use case scenarios for this issue but it was something people had noticed that um on reddit somebody had run a uh, a geekbench test and saw that his iphone was way faster after getting a new battery installed And yes, new batteries have a lot more power in them. And it's not just a question of being at 80% or 20% or whatever. It's just how much the battery can handle at a certain time. And there was a really good conversation on the most recent episode of the talk show with John Gruber where they talked about, uh, with Jason Snell, they were talking about how we have to stop kind of thinking about the battery as being like a gas tank. It's not the same thing. Uh, Just because it's 80% or 50% doesn't mean you can still do the same stuff that you were doing when you were at 90%, because certain things take a lot more power than other things. And what'll happen is if you reach that peak power, the battery is just going to shut itself off to protect itself.
0: I mean, with regards to the battery itself, I totally understand the sort of like the para- the want to shift paradigms and thinking about how a battery operates. Uh, what I take umbrage with, I guess, is the way in which uh, Apple has sort of, uh, been silent about it until provoked publicly would be the best way of putting it. Yeah. They really dropped the ball on that. Totally. And so I think like a lot of, um, there is a lot of misunderstanding about how the battery works and how, uh, Apple, uh, put that code into sort of throttle it and wine, you know, at the end of the day, it is potentially to the user's benefit. Right it's totally to the user's, user's benefit
1: but most people w- wouldn't won't see it that way they're going to think back to the conspiracy theories of apple slowing down iPhones on purpose to get you to buy new phones and this is totally not what they want to do uh, apple really prides itself in the fact that they people can use 5-year-old phones with their newest os's more or less um right now we have an iphone 5s in the house that's working relatively fine with uh for just for music and uh, basic apps and stuff it's working fine it's not super fast obviously but still works and that's what their goal is um, whereas that's one of the main issues i have with android is if you buy an android phone sometimes you're out of date within like a month where you bought a cheaper model and you're never going to update to the newest android version which is one of the reasons that if you're going to buy an android phone i always recommend getting one made by google or or if anything, one of the higher-end Samsungs. But even with those, you're not necessarily safe. You might not get a quick update
0: like you would with one made by Google. Right. Uh, Sort of pivoting slightly, I think the bigger question for me is, when is your phone not your phone, right? Because Apple goes in and throttles your hardware without telling you. And I feel like a a certain section of uh, tech heads were kind of mad about the idea that uh, this sort of thing happens uh, after market, right? Right. That's a really good point, is
1: they needed to kind of be really clear about this. If you look back at the notes of 10.2.1, they did mention that they were doing something to prevent the phone from shutting itself down when it reached uh, a certain threshold. But they weren't clear about what exactly they were doing. And never, I don't think they ever mentioned that it was actually slowing down the phone. And this is where it comes up in being really poorly told to the public about what was happening to the phone. The crazy thing is, is it only got figured out almost a year later and um or maybe less than a year but just about and they weren't good i doubt they would
0: have done this whole program if anybody would have not like if it wouldn't have been figured out i totally agree with you i don't think they would have done that uh, if anyone hadn't said anything and i think it kind of raises the idea of right of like when you buy a piece of tech uh where do you end and the company begins right so you know for example you know google and amazon are warring right now right so google has taken off youtube on amazon apps Yeah, that's, uh, it's funny. These companies are so childish sometimes, but uh, I guess it's all to make money, but the consumer always ends up losing out. Right, and I think that unfortunately, like as we continue, especially with this internet of things, right? Like the idea that you need connectivity in order to allow things to work um, creates this weird tension between consumer and company. Yeah, that worries
1: me about the whole smart home things. Um, I, as I've mentioned previously, I installed some Nest Um, not thermostats, the uh, smoke alarm, the Nest Protect. And one thing I did make sure of is that obviously for a smoke alarm, even if I don't have an app that works or whatever, the actual smoke alarm itself works totally fine without anything but a local Wi-Fi network. So they don't have to call home to Nest or anything. They can, and they do on mine. For example, I have the Nest app, so it'll tell me if something's going on and I'm not home. But other than that, they'll still work as regular smoke alarms. And uh, it's one of the reasons I'm not too keen on buying uh, a Google Wi-Fi system. Apparently, uh, if it can't uh, call home to the server, sometimes it just goes down from what I understand. I'm not sure the ins and outs of that. And maybe somebody can correct me if I'm wrong and it'll work like a regular router. But I'm pretty happy with the current router I have where it's just a router sitting on my desk. And the only thing Apple does with it is sometimes update the firmware and that's it. It'll always just work as a piece of
0: technology in the house. Do you remember a couple of years ago, there was that whole uproar because Microsoft wanted people to have their Xbox on and connected at all times. So I kind of like, it kind of harkens back to that a little bit too. Oh yeah, they, they pretty much, uh, the Xbox one lost
1: to the PS4 before it even came out because of that weird, uh, sort of idea they had about how people would be able to play their games and it really rubbed people the wrong way. And a lot of people that were Xbox fans kind of shifted over to becoming uh, PlayStation PlayStation
0: yeah, totally. And I think that like, that's just, I think an emblematic example of how we're shifting as a society in general, right? Like the idea of, uh, I feel like we're moving from uh, a society of ownership to sponsorship. Oh yeah, that's a really good point. Like we don't own our music anymore.
1: We, uh, we don't really own any uh, TV shows. Anything I've bought on iTunes, like if iTunes disappears uh, from exact like movies, I mean, because iTunes music you can download and keep, not Apple music, iTunes music. And uh, But stuff I've, I've bought from uh, the iTunes movie store, which is very few things, uh, if something happens to that store and I haven't downloaded and kept it on some sort of external hard drive, I'm never going to watch that thing. And the main way we watch those movies is on Apple TV, and that only basically streams, and that's it.
0: Right. Do you remember um, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, um, Hideo Kojima had created a new Resident Evil with Norman Reedus, and there was a demo available? For PT? Sorry, it was PT. Yeah, it was PT. Yeah, it, was PT. It, was, uh, an, it was not a Resident Evil.
1: It was going to be the uh, Silent Hill series, also by Konami. I have it on
0: my PS4. I never deleted it. You can also sell that. Really? Yeah, uh, tons of people on eBay. When the, uh, it was first announced that the PT download would no longer be available from the PlayStation store, a ton of people put their PlayStations uh, on eBay with PT install on it. So as long as you don't delete it, it's fine. But don't I have to be logged into my own account? Uh, I'm not sure how that works specifically, but I do remember a lot of people saying that they managed to sell PlayStations um, with PT intact. So if anyone has any idea, because I don't know myself how that works, uh, you can hit us up, Twitter, uh, double underscore density, Facebook.com slash double density podcast. Same thing on Instagram. Uh, I'm kind of curious because, yeah, I don't know myself how it worked. I just remember reading an article or two about how there's this like frenzy of people um, hitting up online sellers uh, in order to sell their PlayStations. Interesting because I've, I've like, I hardly use my PS4 anymore. And I've been
1: interested in maybe selling it one of these days. Maybe that's some uh, enticing thing on there to sell it for a little more. Because the reason I decided not to sell it is a 2014 PS4 with a 500 gigabyte hard drive doesn't fetch much more than like 150 bucks Canadian. So kind of a waste at that point.
0: Do you want to go ahead and try to sell it here on
1: the podcast? (laughs) Yeah. No, it's fine. I'm just going to keep it in the basement as like a, uh, Netflix machine and the occasional uh, video game. I don't really play video games that much anymore. Like, as I've mentioned, it's like basically been Nintendo all the way and I don't I don't want to buy a Switch just yet. So while I do want to buy one, I can't just buy one. Like, uh, it's, being
0: being a responsible the, adult is difficult.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. My Like I've mentioned, my kids and, well, my family wants to go to Disney World in the summer and that uh, basically it's, a Switch is $500 essentially in Canada. If you want a Switch and a game and everything that you need to properly play the Switch. It sounds like we got to launch you a GoFundMe page for this. <laughs> yeah, that would be such a waste of somebody else's money to buy me another a Switch. So no thank you. It's fine. I'll hold off. Maybe it'll be a price drop this year, but I doubt it. Nintendo's like selling these things really well and they're forecasting like
0: an extra 20 or so million Switches this year. It's yep. crazy. Yeah, it's a gigantic number. I mean, uh, the uh ability uh for nintendo to push a console in 2017 is stupendous still and i mean the thing is that like they uh did it right unlike the wii u right they launched right out of the gate with some really good games uh, i i r- totally forgot about arms but i recently saw someone playing that on twitch so that was kind of fun i totally forgot about that and i was like you know what i'd love to own that game and there's a you know breath of the wild odyssey etc cetera, etc cetera. so there's you know it's only the tip of the iceberg i think for this uh cycle for the switch um so i'm interested in seeing where it goes in 2018 and hopefully you and i will end up with a couple
1: I've been um, I've been lucky enough to have uh, some fun with my Wii U anyway, despite the fact that it's a sort of uh, much maligned console. It's actually great. The kids have been enjoying playing Breath of the Wild. So along these lines of video games, on uh, Boxing Day, December 26th, my son woke up and saying that uh, Yoshi had come to him in a dream and wanted him to get a uh, stuffy of Yoshi. So an egg had popped up in his dream. It had hatched. Yoshi said, please get a stuffy of me for yourself. So uh, we went on Amazon and ordered him a cute little stuffy because we have sort of felt bad for him because my uh, daughter got tickets to go see uh, the ballet, uh, the Nutcracker. And we're like, oh, poor little guy didn't get this big a gift from anybody. So we figured we'd get him a fun little Yoshi stuffy. And he was extremely happy when it arrived a couple of days later. So what you're saying is he gave into terrorists? Terrorists? Nolan? He's not a terrorist. Poor little guy. He was so happy. Maybe an emotional terrorist. Maybe, yeah. But he was so happy to get this Yoshi doll. He was so happy. And it was nice to just see the joy on his face. Did you get one for yourself? No. Not even like a body pillow? Oh, my God. (laughs) That would be so bizarre. (laughs) The Yoshi body pillow. But I have to punch him in the back of the head like Mario.
0: Right, yeah. Well, yeah. We talked about that a while back, right? Yeah, we did. It's awful. Mario's not a great guy when he does that. (laughs) Bad boy Mario.
1: Yeah. The kids have been still enjoying uh, the Mario Odyssey. Odyssey. of uh zebra gamer they've been watching that over and over well not over and over again it's like these
0: dozens of episodes uh getting back to an early point that you were making though about uh, the idea of ownership and sort of leasing and sponsorship and things like that uh, and a lot of these uh items that we buy that have wi-fi like for example like uh, some models of toasters need an internet connection (laughs) for what you know i for the time i guess to sync up um, but there's a lot of stuff out there that's, that's sort not of,
1: hard to do without it, without an internet
0: connection. Oh, I don't know if people know that trick. for sure. I, I agree with you. I have to set, uh, the times up all the time around here cause we lose power quite regularly, unfortunately. So I totally understand how that goes. Um, but sort of piggybacking on that, uh, our items aren't always our items and sometimes they're very easily, uh, broken into by third parties, uh, which can create a lot of everyday problems.
1: Yeah, you linked me a really interesting story about uh, Sonos and Bose speakers getting hijacked to play uh, creepy sounds. And this is like perfect for our podcast is like music, technology, ghosts, everything we need. All in one package. Yeah. So tell me
0: about this. (laughs) so basically the way that it works is that a lot of these Sonos and both speakers need uh, internet connectivity in order to work um, but sometimes uh, people if the configuration settings aren't set properly they're left a little bit more open than intended right so people uh, around uh, within the vicinity of this can use an API to call in to the speaker and do what they want including playing music they never asked for um, sounds uh, voice commands sounds thing is great and so it's it's pretty terrifying so, you know, you get up to get these nice Bose
1: speakers or Sono speakers for for a Christmas present. And then in the middle
0: of the night, you hear like Jacob Marley show up with the chains. That'd be pretty great. Because <laughs> uh, it also made me think of the fact that, you know, have uh, several Google Homes in your in your home. I do. And, you know, the, the kind of potential for that kind of uh, uh, sonic terrorism, I guess would be the best word to use, uh, is higher than it is for me who does not have wireless speakers. I thought Sega canceled the
1: Sonic Terrorism game.
0: <laughs> yeah. The uh, first dad joke of the year, All right? Yeah.
1: Hurrah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, the Google Home's been pretty good. It's fun. Uh, today, the kids got into a whole thing about uh, asking it to, to uh, flip a coin. But because um, my son was... Uh, so on our 25-cent uh, coin in Canada, we have a caribou, which sort of looks like a moose. So my son was playing heads or moose. Did you care to correct them? No, it was cute. So why to correct him? Uh, yeah, I, I'm not too worried about the whole privacy thing with the Google Home that much. It is kind of creepy that as soon as you say the magic words, it'll actually like start recording and listening. But if you don't say those things, it's not really uh, supposed to be recording. I, I'm assuming that uh, it doesn't and i won't start hearing ads for stuff that i've I've mentioned in passing you can't actually mute the microphone
0: but why would you do that i um i have a much more dystopian view of that and that like we're kind of directly inviting big brother into our homes anyways yeah you you take the black mirror approach to everything well, I kind of do and I kind of don't. Right. Because I mean, like uh, it's it's public knowledge now with all of these leaked files that the NSA does listen on phone conversations and other uh, microphones and has the means to do it. So if the government can do it, then the private sector can do it, too.
1: Yeah. And it always bothers me that brilliant people like Mark Zuckerberg, like cover their camera on their computers. Now, is it because he's Mark Zuckerberg and people are have a vested interest in like hacking his computer to see him? And people like you and I don't really have to worry about that. Or can they just access any computer? From what I understood is that, on a, on a, at least on a Mac, is as soon as that camera's on, the light's on as well. And unless somebody has had
0: physical access to the computer, that can't, not, it can't be changed. I mean, that's what we know publicly, right? So personally speaking, you know, informally, it could uh, be disabled I mean the things that like anything is possible and on the table and that's kind of the one of the weird things I was thinking about and I was talking I think it was with you maybe last week about the fact that like no one accounted for how stupid and uh, petty man is with all these technological advances. So the idea of like all of these uh Old school popular mechanics articles about how we were supposed to be by the 21st century uh, kind of fell to the wayside because of the idea that like we're using tech to tear each other down, not necessarily to bring each other up as a society. So a lot of this uh, surveillance stuff occurs. uh, Yet if we just pivoted away from that and tried to use it in a positive light, then I think, you know, we'd be in a much better place. But unfortunately, because of all these uh, different uh, geographical and idealistic borders i think it blocks a lot of things and here i am talking about high level philosophical stuff here on our tech and paranormal podcast yeah look at
1: you and uh, the thing is, is without all this tech we wouldn't be able to do this podcast and have uh all these people listening to us talk about how you hate technology and you just want to go back to cassette tapes
0: yeah. so <laughs> we'll be sending you a cassette tape of double density this week if you want to mail us uh, in for a cassette tape, each cassette is twenty four ninety five, and it need to arrive on a single or double cassette. Uh, go ahead and send in a self addressed stamp as well as a fifteen dollar check to cover everything else apart from the twenty four ninety five.
1: And does that go to Pueblo, Colorado? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I wonder if anybody gets that. I'm, I'm sure they do. They used to watch After
0: School uh, TV shows, and everything was seemed to be in Pueblo, Colorado. Getting back to the topic at hand, though, the, the thing that scares me, I think, or the thing that sort of, yeah, I am a little bit scared by all of this because the thing is that, like, it's all this imperfect technology and people spend their time uh, trying to break it instead of use it for better means, right? So I think that, like, unfortunately, do I do a v- few things in negative negative light? Absolutely. Do I have a uh, reason to? Absolutely. And I think, unfortunately, it's only going to get worse before it gets better. I, I, I tend to agree. I'm I'm sort of, sort of staying away from
1: a lot of the smart home stuff. Like I've mentioned, the, the smoke alarm, that's fine. It essentially is a regular smoke alarm that has some connectivity. Uh, but I, I kind of played around with the idea of getting a Nest Cam as well uh, for security. But then I realized, you know what, that's not a good idea. Uh, it's a camera in the house and that can be easily hacked If from what I understand. Uh, smart locks, not interested in that just yet. I don't know if
0: I trust that, especially you with You don't this, have an Amazon key? No,
1: especially with this cold. Like, do I want an electronic thing just pointed to minus 30 degree weather? I don't think so. Hoping it'll work when you get home. Yeah. You'd wonder if you get home and then your phone dies because it's too cold. So you can't uh, use it with the app and then your, the,
0: whatever, your pass key or the chip that's embedded in your wrist isn't working.
1: Who knows?
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's all these like kind of things that we never considered, you know, uh, five or six decades ago when we started thinking about the house of the future or the, you know, the workplace of the future. And unfortunately, like I'd love to have those rose colored glasses and think, that things are going to work out, but at this point, unfortunately, I think there's this precedence for people using things uh, that aren't necessarily malicious. Like, for example, like this Internet of Things, right? So a lot of these um, uh, things, like toasters and printers and things like that, get used in botnet attacks. Of course, it's like a little tiny
1: army of horribly protected uh, Wi-Fi chips that have that have no hope of ever getting updated, especially with that crack thing that came out a few months ago. Uh, These cheap things that people buy are not ever going to get updated. The firmware is just going to be stuck at 1.0 and that's it. Password, one, two, three, four, pass or whatever. Um, But yeah, those are horribly um, secured devices. They're not really going to be very helpful in anyone's protection. So they're going to be basically mediums of getting into somebody's home
0: one way or another. I, we'd love to hear what you think about all of this. If you want to go ahead and send us a tweet at double underscore density, com slash double density podcast, same thing on Instagram. If you feel the need to email us with something a little bit longer, you can go ahead and do that at double density podcast at gmail.com. And if you want to contact us directly, head over to our website at double net. click on the contact page in order to reach us, or, you know, hang out, take a look at the latest episodes, read our blogs, uh, you know, get a look, see what we look like together. Yeah. Separately. New Year's resolution. Uh, We should blog more.
1: We're not, we're not really the bloggers. It's just there as an aside to the podcast, but we really should write
0: more than we have in the past few months. We just have not had any time. I also write for a living. So it kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of like taking my work home sometimes. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. And, uh, we, we kind of get a lot of off our chest on the podcast, but I I think we're going to try and
1: write a bit more on the website. That's, that's not the main reason the website exists for us though. Um, mostly there for you to contact us and listen to the shows and see our pretty faces
0: yeah see angelo's bikini pictures over double density 99 angelo let's head over to the paranormal section of things sounds good double density welcome back to double density as always we're switching gears from tech to the paranormal and i linked you to a really fun article this week from mental floss uh about one of our favorite tv shows i think it's one of the things that really uh, bonded us together and um it is a show that uh stood large in both of our childhoods i think and that show that we're talking about is of course unsolved mysteries Yeah, so Robert Stack, skeptic. Right, so one of the more interesting things, so the the, name of the article is 27 things you probably didn't know about Unsolved Mysteries, and one of them, of course, is that most of the uh, staff, as well as Robert Stack himself, were very, very skeptical of things. Basically, the the show was mainly for um,
1: Unsolved Mysteries in terms of, like, people uh, basically being kidnapped or... uh, heists or like the one I, the one I remember the most was the, um, was the guy who jumped out of the plane, D.B. Not D.B. Sweeney. D.B. Cooper. Yeah. D.B. Sweeney's the actor. <laughs> uh, D.B. Cooper. Uh, he, he jumped out of a plane or whatever and never, uh, he and his, don't you find his, um, what's that word? The, the drawing of him, the sketch. The sketch. Yeah. It sort of makes him look like one of the men in black. Oh, for sure. Uh, uh but yeah, he, um, He stole money from a plane to finance the Men in Black, and uh, (laughs) boom, we're tying everything together here this week. But yeah, so things like that were the main reason uh, unsolved mysteries existed. Having bonded over unsolved mysteries, that makes it that much better of a show in my head that they didn't like just wide-eyed believe into all the stuff they kind of mentioned. Although one of the ones that he really uh, thought was compelling, uh, Robert Stack, that is, was the um, abduction of the Alagash Four, which. I'm sort of skeptical of that one because of a lot of the stuff surrounding and one of them sort of saying that they he no longer uh, says that they were abducted. But that's a really interesting abduction
0: case that we'll have to delve into in the future. I kind of really quickly wanted to touch on something else that I found really interesting uh, is that uh, so uh, during the DVD commentaries, and this is where they're pulling most of their information from, uh, they mentioned that you can tell if the acting is bad uh, for a segment when there's a lot of narration. And then if there's a lot of acting, then uh, the producers felt that the acting stood up on its own. uh, And that's tied hand in hand with early on. They tried to use a lot of the actual uh, people who had things happen to them as the actors. They didn't have uh, reenactments with actors. Like, um, if you think about the, the guardian UFO, uh, segment from Carlton Place, Canada, they had the woman, uh, Diane Lubneck, I think, uh, act out her own, uh, UFO abduction, uh, not abduction, but UFO, uh, d- sighting. That's one of the one, the, the episodes we watched together in my office, like six years ago. Yes. You mean, it sounded like it's, it's kind of some kind of secret thing that we were working on. That was, uh, myself, uh, Brian and
1: one of our, Colleagues would sit down in, our off, in my office, uh, close the door and put on old Unsolved Mysteries episodes from YouTube. And that was one of the first ones we watched. One of my favorites actually too, because it's it's kind of local. Yeah, it's pretty local. It's uh, it's a case that I had never heard of at that point. And I guess I kind of remembered watching it on Unsolved Mysteries, but it was, it was when I was like 10 years old. So yeah. I mean, it's no possessed bunk bed, but it'll do. Oh man, that bunk bed. That bunk bed. It's so <laughs> funny. And I recently heard somebody mention it on another podcast and it's like, yeah, that bunk bed
0: totally stuck in my head. I'm I'm never going to forget that episode. Why do you think Unsolved Mysteries was so popular? I have a couple of theories as to why, but I'd like to hear why you think that like it ran for 10 seasons and like did consistently well in the ratings. Because people love the unknown, whether it's
1: uh, an unsolved murder or uh, a lost love or money that somebody uh, found like is hidden somewhere or more so, uh, the paranormal UFOs, ghosts. Back then there wasn't that much of an avenue to find these things. There were no true crime crime podcasts, there were no podcasts, there was no internet to speak of. So this was your only way to get this fix once a week. And I used to hope, hope, hope that one of the segments was going to be about UFOs or ghosts, because that was the reason I watched that show. The murder stuff <laughs> as a like 10 11 year old kid didn't interest me that much
0: but uh the ghost stuff oh boy did i like that i also uh so the weird thing is i feel like a large percent a, a reason why a lot of people really did enjoy in mysteries is the participatory nature of it so uh not necessarily with the ufos the paranormal and the ghosts and the miracle stuff but uh, the idea that like you may able you may be able to help like solve a crime uh you know by calling in this one i know and like pretty much around the same time period america's most wanted had started up that was the catchphrase, though, of Unsolved Mysteries. Uh, maybe you can help solve a mystery. There you go. And You know, it should have been... It almost sounded like a reading rainbow kind of uh, catchphrase. <laughs> like, you can read a book, too. You can, you know, convict to help convict someone.
1: I wonder if anybody ever called in to, like, solve the
0: UFO mysteries. <laughs> yeah, like a deep throat kind of guy. Yeah. I've got the star map. Come over. Yeah. Tell Robert Stack I love him. Come over. <laughs> they, the amount of kooks they must have gotten. Like, I would love to read an article... By one of the people who had to answer one of those hotlines. Oh man, that's that's like a whole book. Oh, for sure. Are you kidding me? Day in, day out, like I, you know, the, especially in the nineties. Remember, like there's like this big rash of like letting psychics in on crime scenes. That still exists. I, I'm pretty sure people let psychics in on crime scenes,
1: and they think that they help. Whereas, even the psychic probably thinks he or she is psychic, but in fact, they're probably just intuitive detectives like uh they have like an innate ability to actually solve a crime and they should have gone into crime
0: uh, crime enforcement law enforcement enforcement. (laughs) crime enforcement the oh gosh that'd be like a like what are you like a a murdering like doorman Uh, you know yeah sorry i mean law enforcement I do feel like a large part of it was the interactive nature as well as kind of like the grab bag way in which it, like um, a lot of the segment, like the shows were put together. Right. So it was like three or four different segments. And then also like the last part was like updates or like that you can help to with the phone number. And uh, one of the fun facts from that article was that
1: the first time they did a thing of all four segments being the same thing was that Halloween special. Right. The Jack the Ripper one. No, so they were going up against the Jack the Ripper special. Oh, Kerry okay, right. And and what's funny is the article says that the producers were the same for both things. They're like, but we don't <laughs> want to hurt the Jack the Ripper special. It's like, we're producing that show. It's like,
0: no, no, let's kill it. And they killed it in the ratings. There we go. Well, I mean, uh, at the time, and I think the funny thing is, like, we've seen a large resurgence in Oswald Mysteries because of the fact that it's on Amazon Prime in the States right now, right? So. It's not on in Canada? Uh, I think it is, too. I just, I know for a fact it's on in the States. I'm not sure about Canada.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'd have to... I don't have Amazon Prime. I should get it now that it's on Apple TV. Again, these companies arguing with each other and not letting their own services on each other's actual hardware.
0: It's. Definitely- I had Amazon Prime for a month last month, and I canceled it. Yeah, not good. Well, okay, so what had happened is that Amazon had this scheme, and I'm not sure if it's entirely legal, but they were offering um, SNES Classics up for sale but only for prime members and there's only a select number of them so i'm not sure if it was like a bait and switch in order to get people to sign up for prime or not um but this had happened black friday week and so i was like you know what they offered me a free month trial so i decided to go for it and the uh first package i ordered was in stock from amazon and took nine days to arrive here that's good prime yeah the second one is and we've talked about this before but the local shipper Intelcom, uh (sighs) it took them 10 days to get my guaranteed two-day package to me Meanwhile, uh, I ordered the Yoshi thing on the
1: Tuesday, not Prime, free shipping, got it on Thursday via Canada Post.
0: Yeah, see, and so that's the thing is that like I was like, you know, what? you guys are 0 for 2 and I looked at the, the TV stuff on Prime very, very briefly and it wasn't interesting to me and it's not worth 80 bucks a year. So I had the customer service rep canceled when uh, I complained about not getting my two day package because at that point it was on its way out for delivery for nine days.
1: Yeah, no, that's not that's not helpful at all. And yeah, and the other thing is, is if you have Amazon Prime, you end up ordering stuff way more often than you should.
0: Yeah, because there's no, like in Canada, it's a $35 uh, minimum for, for shipments. I usually like, like pile up stuff that I need to order once we hit that $35 minimum we order. But this has nothing to do with the paranormal, Brian. This is <laughs> like a deviation back into tech. This is consumer complaints and gripes. For 2018. Uh, Speaking of 2018, uh, let's get into some predictions for 2018 in terms of the paranormal.
1: Yeah, this was kind of our main thing we wanted to talk about tonight is just sort of predict what's going to happen in the paranormal. And um, I don't know if you know us by now, but uh, we're probably going to be wrong on all of these things. And uh, it's all just in
0: good fun. But maybe we'll get something right. What do you think? Yeah, it's like that wing rescue quote. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take, right? So if we're not going to throw anything up there, then... We're not going to get anything right. So uh, you have a really interesting thing. And I think we've talked about it two episodes ago in terms of like um, Tom DeLong, Disclosure, the Two to Stars Academy, all of this sort of like news leaking about Disclosure um, and a lot of like f- former uh, officials in various uh, levels of government coming out and saying like, yes, there are unknown things. We're not sure what they are, et cetera, et cetera. So this is like a less jokey thing and and more probably realistic is that UFOs are going to start getting more
1: and more and more interest in mainstream media like slash real news and uh, yeah look at just look at the how big paranormal podcasts have been in the last year unless it's just me and you because that's what we like but I feel like these shows have gotten a, a huge following and people have a, a true interest in UFOs it's it's a fascinating thing it's like if something from outer space is visiting us like that's the biggest news story there there's got to be but oh yeah for sure like again since uh, sliced bread yeah since sliced bread but uh, again i don't think that's actually happening but uh i really hope it is well i don't know do i hope it is (laughs) maybe not but uh, if it would be for it would be proven true
0: um i'd be pretty interested what would you say if like uh you were one of the chosen first people and an extraterrestrial came to your door i'd say you're not real get out of here you just close the door yeah, just slam it. I don't need your
1: I don't need I don't need your, your what you're offering. What if uh, you're no. selling? Yeah, I don't know what I would do. I, I'd be horrified. And then I'd ask them to come on the podcast so we get more listeners and
0: maybe some sponsors. There we go. That's the important thing. Just I just want to sell out Brian. <laughs> I I do think this will be an interesting year in terms of UFO disclosure. And I, I I don't know where it's going to go. And as I was saying two weeks ago, I'm not sure uh, how things are going to progress. I know that they will be progressing. I'm just not sure in which direction they'll be going. If a lot of this will get discredited, if a lot of this will get validated, who knows, right? Because the idea now is that people are just, the big thing too is uh, making that jump from like, we're not sure what it is to it is uh, alien in nature, right? Because right now there's a lot and people are making that conclusion of jumping into like, this is, alien stuff but it's not necessarily alien stuff it's just unknown
1: i i like your uh, sort of hypothesis that it's it's this information for actual um classified vehicles of the u.s government
0: oh for sure i like um or yours which is time travel yeah that's a little less uh, realistic but be pretty cool if it was <laughs> uh, next on the list is something that you wanted to uh talk about you think that Uh, maybe perhaps ufos will gain traction due to the uh president of the united states yeah this is more
1: jokey but if if he sees a story on 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 the television that he says he doesn't watch but he does watch a lot of uh and he gets interested in this whole ufo thing it could blow it
0: wide open and uh he could be the true savior of disclosure well, here's to hoping, I think. I think at this point he's gone to war with everyone in Washington, and you know, uh, as well as like pseudo war states with um, several other countries in the world. So what's to get him? What's to stop him from really uh, trying to instigate war with uh, space beings? Well, the problem would be that uh, he'd have to bring up the, the Podesta
1: emails again because that's a lot of the stuff he talked about. Right. And I could definitely see that happening, unfortunately. Yeah. But uh, let's not go too far into politics. Uh, but it'd be it'd be kind of interesting if if the actual president takes n- interest in UFOs because it's been on TV. And uh, I mean, previous presidents have had interests uh, in UFOs, well, especially like Carter. Had, yeah, but it hasn't. You know, that was in the '70s, so it has. It didn't have the, the traction it has now. It's just so easy to get this information online. The problem is, it's easy to get bad information online too. That's
0: that's. That's a major problem, unfortunately. Well, yeah, for sure. Especially if you spend most your days on Fortune. Oh god. Yeah. Uh, I, I, this is neither here nor there, but I was kind of I was kind of reading about all of this uh, uh, QAnon stuff and going down the rabbit hole of the people who were like formerly uh, part of Pizzagate uh, and then like they've gone down this even darker hole of the deep state. And it turns out that thousands of people are alive and well and have been arrested. Um, but are walking around publicly anyways it's just it's a mess but let's not get into that i want to talk about bigfoot all right let's see what this is about i think 2018 will be the year bigfoot and here's why i think that thanks to global warming the bigfoot's place of living is now ruined and we'll be seeing a lot of them coming out more into the public that's actually a really smart hypothesis brian i'm gonna throw it out there i know i thought about this for a while brian hasty bigfoot investigator bigfoot hugger like let's be honest these are they have love inside of them we just haven't been able to reach them because all we do is shoot at them or bury them i just had a horrible
1: image in my mind of like some poor emaciated bigfoot walking around no
0: food for him it's really sad (laughs) the snow uh you know like uh Yeah, I do. I do think that like the way that things are shifting, if there's a time to see Bigfoot or like you've also heard about the idea of like giants, right? Living on the earth that we haven't seen. Well, yeah, that's actually on our to-do list of the... um in
1: Italy, there's there in, in Sicily, there's giants that are buried there, and it's the whole thing that, that I do eventually want to talk about. But yeah, that's that's something that would be super fascinating. They say that they have these skulls of these giants, nobody's actually proven anything,
0: but it is something that's interesting. But I didn't realize you said they may be living among us now. Yeah, there's a, a school of thought as well as uh, several people who do um, carry the theory with them that giants do live amongst us, we just can't see them. Oh, geez. Do so they like, are they like the predator? They're kind of like vibrationally different than us. So they inhabit the same place as us, but we can't see them. Okay. I've never heard of this. You're gonna, we're going to have to definitely talk about this in that giant episode. I'll find you a link or two. But yeah, there's a lot of people who believe that. Anyways, I do feel like Bigfoot might be uh, our big feet, you know, because there's multiple uh, Bigfoots so, coming out of the woodwork.
1: No. Is it Bigfoots or big feet? I don't think it's I'm going it's with feet. I'm going big No, Bigfeet. no.
0: Okay. Explain to me why Bigfoot is called Bigfoot. Is it moose or meese? Is it uh, well? No, no, no hold on back up. Why? Do they have one foot or two? They
1: have two, but it's one big foot. He's the big foot. It's not like it's not like It's, it's big feet. Uh,
0: I'm gonna call him Big Feet from now
1: on. No, it's it's one
0: big foot, several big foot, one moose, several moose. Okay, let me look up the etymology. Uh, yeah, really, the internet uh, is telling me that the origin of the word bigfoot is uh, so named because of the size of its footprints. Yes, okay. We uh, That I, I totally agree with. Right, but footprints multiple?
1: Okay, but what does it say about multiple, like the, how many, does it say big foots or big feet or big
0: foot? It says big foot. Okay. My apologies. Oh. I don't understand. <laughs> what the heck?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just freaked out. I thought it was my smoke alarm going off. It was the Google Home. Uh, hopefully, you, it carried through on the microphone. It scared oh, me. Oh, dude, I wow. heard it.
0: Yeah, that was super freaky.
1: Yeah, so uh, welcome the Google Home to this episode. Jeez. First it was
0: Lollipop, and then it was Siri. Now it's, it's Alexa? No, it's not Alexa. It's Google Home. Do not oh, call her Alexa. Okay.
1: Actually, we asked her what she thought of Alexa, and she said her house seems roomier than hers.
0: <laughs> anyways getting back to the argument at hand if you believe that we should change the word bigfoot to Big feet due to the fact that this mythical creature has two feet go ahead and tweet at us double underscore density facebook.com slash double density podcast or instagram at double density podcast anyways so bigfoot uh, sa- or Big feet sasquatch uh, also the uh, abominable snowman which is more so asian in nature uh, might be making an, an appearance this this year i think the yeti yeah with like you know the way that the global terrain is shifting That'd be pretty
1: interesting. I, I, I like this idea. This is actually another feasible um, idea that Bigfoot may be coming out of the woodwork, so to speak. How do you feel about ghosts? Um, I, I like ghosts, but I don't think there's anything supernatural about them. I think it's all some sort of thing that's based in science, either magnetic fields or some sort. Of, I, I really don't think they're spirits
0: of the dead. I don't think that. Not so there's wrong. no hot ghost trend for you right now? For 2018? For
1: I don't know. The thing is, is we have our friend Rob, who's done some really interesting investigations, and he's had some crazy experiences that I, I think we'll have to talk about him, uh, talk about those experiences the next time he's on. But I'd like to get his take on this, but it's really interesting what happens with ghosts, but I don't know. They're not, I think Bigfoot's hot right now. Bigfoot and UFOs are the hot ones. Two words
0: for you, though, for 2018. Sassy ghosts. Sassy ghosts? Yeah. Like, how so? They're done with your stuff. They're done with your attitude. They want you to get better. They, are they disembodied voices that just speak up out of nowhere? Absolutely. And they they give you the truth whether or not you want to hear it. Pretty interesting. It's like a paranormal boot camp. So, well, okay. So paranormal boot camps, uh, paranormal
1: investigators of 2018. Do you think Logan Paul is going to become a paranormal investigator Oof. after what he's done
0: this week? Because Oof. I think he's about to get haunted. Oof! Not only haunted, but he's going to get slammed by uh, a lot of like physical entities. So, in case you're wondering, what we're talking
1: about is uh, a premier YouTuber, uh, and I say that with disdain because I, I think he's just annoying. Uh, Logan Paul. I think he has 15 million subscribers, so that's like three times the amount of subscribers as like some good YouTubers have, like uh, like Casey Neistat or MKBHD. But anyway, he went to a uh, national park i guess in in japan yeah the base of mount fuji and he actually filmed a dead body somebody had committed suicide
0: they found it they found the, the person and he filmed it and put it on youtube well not only that but he's making jokes like in front of the body which i thought was like the most inappropriate thing i i did not watch the video it's no longer up and i wouldn't have watched it even if it was but yeah he's wearing like a stupid hat too he's he's dumb and the worst part is i think that like um his fan base is largely juvenile right so like 10 to 13 i think would be like a safe kind of uh zone to give and unfortunately to a lot of 10 to 13 year olds logan paul is a cool guy and and this is why i want to keep my my children away from youtube not even the fun parts of youtube the unboxings and the the paw patrol murder sprees there's so much crap on there and logan paul is like at the top of the heap Yeah, it's unfortunate the way that he decided to use uh, uh, someone's suicide as publicity, because no matter how much he says that it wasn't uh, for the money, uh, I don't agree with him because the fact that the secondary benefit is that he has more eyeballs on him than ever at this point. Yeah,
1: but um, I'm 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 making that prediction. He's going to try and go into paranormal investigations
0: like he's going to have at least a few paranormal videos because they're probably going to be hot with the preteens. I do think, unfortunately, he may try to be a paranormal investigator, and I think it's going to go really sad. Real sad for a while. And then a bunch of gullible teens will believe in what he's doing and keep financing his operation.
1: Oh, he'll have
0: plenty of videos that are in night vision and will be a lot of, what was that? What's that? What's that noise? So UFOs, Bigfoot, ghosts, Logan Paul. Are we missing any of the other cornerstones of uh, ufology? Like predictions, like Nostradamus, I guess, mummies. Well, we're making the predictions. Exorcisms. Yeah, that's something we haven't covered too much,
1: but I think that's on our list of things to cover because of the Father Malachi book,
0: which I'm very slowly <laughs> making my way through. Well, it's like me with the Area 51 book. Um, sort of speaking about that though, I was recently I went down a YouTube rabbit hole, and there's a lot of these like um videos from the late 80s, early 90s that teach law enforcement how to deal with Satanism and like like kids trying to do exorcism and stuff, and it's it's laughably bad in the way that it's 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 portrayed.
1: You'll have to send me some links. Maybe we'll post them in the show notes.
0: Yeah, but if you ever watched one, you, you'll understand uh, the joy I get from a lot of these. And if anyone out there has uh, seen one or sat through the entire, usually they're like, they're like 45 minutes to an oh hour. Oh my God, uh, that's they're too long. P- oh, they're incredible. They're incredible. Like A lot of them have uh, interviews with quote unquote for, former Satanists. Uh, which uh, very questionable, very questionable. But yeah, um, I mentioned that because of the fact that in the preface to *Hostage to the Devil*, uh, Malachi Martin does talk about the rise of Satanism in the United States in the seventies and eighties. And it was a real thing. Uh, I think those numbers are hyperinflated. He was saying like tens of thousands. I don't know. I know. I know. There's a a programmer at Pied Piper who's a Satanist. <laughs> Ghosts, UFOs, Bigfoot, Donald Trump, Logan Paul, Mummies, Presidents, Figures of Authority. Twenty eighteen will be a really interesting year uh for the paranormal. I feel like we're gonna have a lot of fun and quirky stuff coming out, some serious stuff, It'll some debunking.
1: Our fiftieth episode will be up in uh thirteen episodes.
0: <laughs> I would love for you and I to go out to go to a UFO convention this year if we can plan it somehow. Oh man, that'll be interesting. Can I bring the kids? Carry exactly, carry a tape recorder demand answers without actually giving context for the answers. Hi, we're from double density and uh, we'd like to see where you rate on our double density scale of ufology. Oh, not even that. Just who gives you the right to talk about this? Just really just cut into them straight up. Could be interesting. (laughs) Anyways, uh, if anyone out there has any ideas of how 2018 will go for the paranormal, please let us know. Double underscore density on Twitter, Facebook.com slash double density podcast, double density podcast on Instagram, as well as double density.net where you can find out all about us. And our blog posts and our episodes. Uh, <laughs> All right. So you can go ahead and listen to this there and uh, drop us a line because we'd love to hear what you think about 2018, how that is going to go. If it's going to get I think it might get weirder. I'm going to say we might get another Mothman, not just the Chicago one like this. Like, I feel like there's going to be like a Detroit Mothman or a Washington Mothman. How about a Montreal Mothman? He'd be like a, a Mothman sickle. And he would be bilingual, hopefully. Le Mothman. <laughs> <laughs> Smoking a, cigarettes and judging us on the metro. What's what's a moth in French? I can't think of the word. Yeah. Un papillon de nuit. L'homme papillon de nuit. That'd be funny. In meat. Well, I mean that's more so like a closed moth, but yeah. Un papillon de nuit in Montreal, haunting us, smoking cigarettes on the metro, uh, complaining about the lineups to get into various bars, uh, complaining about the arts scene. Would he say bonjour hi? Oh, he'd have to absolutely. As he flaps away, for sure so yeah so maybe montreal mothman another prediction for 2018 boom there we go and as always angela it's been a pleasure tune in next week as we discuss celine Dion, mortal or immortal that sounds interesting i'll see you next week angela see you brian goodbye ciao
1: That was a cat.